Welcome everyone to this episode of the Chronicle Weekly Report. I'm Lane Healy. And I'm your co-host Christian McRae. Here's what's in the news for Wednesday, October 26. The application for federal student loan cancellation became available on October 17, two months after President Joe Biden announced his student loan relief plan. The portal's opening has provided Quinnipiac students a sense of relief as the university's undergraduate population accounts for roughly $26 million in loans. The program promises $10,000 in debt cancellation for individuals who earned less than $125,000 in 2020 and 2021. Families who earn under $250,000 in those years also qualify. Read more in this week's issue. In honor of LGBTQ History Month, Quinnipiac University displayed AIDS memorial quilts in campus libraries throughout the week of October 17th. The quilts were created in the 1990s in remembrance of those who passed away from HIV, a virus that attacks the immune system. The most severe stage of the virus is deadly and disproportionately affects the LGBTQ community. According to the Human Rights Campaign, 55% of Americans with HIV are gay and bisexual men, who only make up 2% of the U.S. population. The quilts that hung in both the Arnold Bernard Library and the Edward and Barbara Netter Library serve to keep the stories of those lost alive. Quinnipiac University students are outraged over the school's handling of the sidewalk's construction on Mount Carmel campus. The sidewalk stretching from Bobcat Way to the complex courtyard underwent construction from October 18th to the 21st. The construction encompassed the ramp in front of Pearl Roth Hall, which provides the only fully accessible route to Salen Hall, Founders Hall, and Baki Hall. The closure of the ramp provided a disadvantage to students like sophomore film major Paul Ashton, who has mobility challenges. Ashton deemed the construction and ramp closure as inconvenient, citing that students were not notified about the construction beforehand. Quinnipiac University is bringing back its Thanksgiving host program this holiday season. The school's faculty members will open their homes to all students in need of housing from November 23rd to the 27th. However, the program is geared toward international students. The opportunity will allow students to learn more about traditional American Thanksgivings and feel a sense of community. Those interested can sign up through Microsoft Forms by November 10th to be matched with a faculty member on a first-come, first-served basis. In Arts and Life, Quinnipiac's Women Empowered Chapter held their annual Breast Cancer Awareness event on October 19th. The event took place in the Carl Hansen Student Center Piazza, where the evening was spent cookie decorating and card making for breast cancer patients at Yale New Haven Hospital. More from Arts and Life editor David Matos in this week's issue. Pennsylvania State Representative Brian Sims visited Quinnipiac University on October 18th to speak to students for LGBTQ History Month. The event was co-sponsored by the Quinnipiac Democrats and the Gender Sexuality Alliance. As the state's first openly gay statewide elected official, Sims advocates for LGBTQ rights in the State House of Representatives and encourages students to do the same. As he said in his closing remarks, I want all of you to run for office. Staff writer Ryan Raggio is ready to truly embrace himself. Raggio's social anxiety has haunted him throughout his life, leading him to often feel self-conscious and insecure. To hide this, Raggio would put on a tough guy persona that will only work temporarily in his social interactions. Now in his junior year, is ready to climb out of his cocoon and embrace the real him. 
Staff writer A.J. Newth says gatekeeping needs to come to an end. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, gatekeeping is the activity of trying to control who gets particular resources, power, or opportunities. This toxic trend has taken over media platforms and led fans to hide music, entertainment, clothing brands, and more from other users. But Newth argues media and culture belong to everyone, no matter if you're the first fan or the last. In the midst of re-recording her first six studio albums, Taylor Swift released Midnight's on October 21st. The album's 13 songs and 7 3AM tracks tell the story of 20 sleepless nights throughout Swift's life. The album is a melancholy walkthrough of the Grammy winners' troubling and positive life experiences. News editor Katie Langley finds the album to be special despite it being sonically opposite to her last two albums. The Arctic Monkeys have made yet another return to music with their seventh studio album, The Car, that dropped October 21st. Alternative rock fans have been eagerly waiting since the iconic group's last album release in 2018. But contributing writer Casey Wiederhold says it didn't meet her high expectations. The 10-song tracklist features multiple string arrangements and are a harsh contrast to the band's old, rock-sounding music. Check out Wiederhold's full review in this week's issue. In opinion, staff writer AJ Newf condemns quiet quitting. According to the U.S. News and World Report, Quiet quitting is the belief that once a shift ends, workers simply go home and disconnect from the office as opposed to staying late or bringing work home. Newf believes that this practice is just a mere excuse for laziness, both in the workplace and in life. As a passionate overachiever, Newf can never see herself quiet quitting, opting instead to put complete effort into everything she commits herself to. Contributing writer Joe Bask says Ye is heading down a dangerous and disturbing path. While the rapper may have established himself as a blunt character, Ye took things too far with a slew of anti-Semitic Twitter posts on October 7th. And that's only the latest in a long line of erratic actions and publicity stunts. Somehow, Ye hasn't been publicly canceled yet, but Basque warns fans will eventually be forced to come to terms with the facts and hold the artist accountable. Copy editor Aiden Sheedy is not a fan of the renovations made on Quinnipiac's Eklund Center. The center got a new outdoor seating and lounge area that was completed last week. Sheedy believes the renovation looks out of place and seems like an unnecessary attempt to modernize the building. He believes the school should appreciate the details of the old-style architecture because it makes the campus unique. In sports, three months ago, sisters Yam Yor and Damla Gunesh traveled from Turkey to join Quinnipiac's volleyball team. And despite their freshman status, they're already raising the bar for the Bobcats. As a hitter and setter, Yamyur and Damla both made the team's starting lineup, breaking double-digit assists. While the twins' adjustment to American culture proved challenging, they quickly stood out among the other freshman recruits. Opinion editor Michael LaRocca and staff writer Alex Martinkova expect them to be the next leaders of the program. Despite the Quinnipiac women's soccer team already clinching a top-two seed in the MAC tournament, their defensive struggles could be the cause of another sad ending to their season. On the offensive side, the Bobcats are soaring with junior forward Rebecca Cook leading the way with 19 goals. Sports editor Benjamin Jurgen believes the Bobcats had the talent to win the conference, but for them to fully succeed, their defense needs to tighten up. On October 22nd, Maine played its best hockey of the year, while the Bobcats played their worst, transplanting into a 4-0 loss after 60 minutes. But the next day, the Bobcats flipped the script, leaving Orno with a series split and their dignity intact. Read sports editor Cameron Lavasser's men's ice hockey column in this week's issue. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Chronicle Weekly Report. I'm Lane Healy. And I'm Christian McRae. Be sure to pick up this week's paper or check out our website, quchronicle.com. We will see you guys next week with another episode. Peace. Peace.